Welcome to day 69 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are chapters 13 through 15 of Joshua. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. I'm amazed by people like master planners or interior designers who can see something that doesn't exist yet and then bring it into existence. I live in an area where the housing market and building has exploded in growth. I'm just amazed by these master planners who can see a huge piece of land and not only picture, but then bring into existence a giant community with a golf course and community pools and bike trails, not to mention hundreds of homes and even condominiums. Or I can spend entire days watching HGTV and being awed by contractors and designers who can walk into an old, dilapidated house and somehow turn it into an amazing home. Chapter 13 begins the second half of the book of Joshua, and it's not a very exciting half of the book. It's a bit like trying to do devotions out of an atlas or one of those old Thomas guides, those maps of a city. For the next few chapters, Joshua will be dividing up the land among the 12 tribes, The chapters are admittedly a bit tedious with lots of strange names and foreign cities and territories. The three chapters we're reading for today describe first the division of the land on the east side of the Jordan among those two and a half Transjordan tribes. But then it begins to divide up Canaan and in this particular case starting with the tribe of Judah, the largest of the tribes. In these divisions there are three things I think we ought to notice, especially in today's text. The first thing we should notice is the ability of Joshua to see the big picture. Like the master planner or great designer I was talking about, Joshua can already see or picture all the tribes dwelling securely in the land, even though there is a long way to go before that becomes a reality. The chapter opens by describing Joshua's old age, so he will likely not see the full establishment in the land come to fruition, but he can still see it. He can picture it. And, most importantly, he can lead others into that vision. Secondly, Joshua not only has the big vision, but he also has the strategic ability to begin to take the steps to help the people get there. Notice that he's aided in that process by divine guidance. I know that casting lots for where the tribes will dwell seems like trusting in chance to us, but for Joshua and the people, it was a better and more divinely guided method than allowing one person to choose, or getting into power struggles over the land between the tribes. Finally, Joshua, and through him the people, had the ability to persist and see this big vision come to completion. This is where the brief narrative about Caleb in chapter 14 verses 6 through 15 is significant. In this story, Caleb is almost certainly being held up as an example for how all of Israel should work and persist to take possession of the land. Caleb, like his old friend Joshua, is getting up in years as well. The portion of Judah he wants to be given is possessed by the Anakites, the people that were apparently so big that they caused the ten other spies to panic back in the earlier part of the story. Nevertheless, Caleb is confident that he can go and defeat them and possess the land. Joshua responds positively to Caleb's faith and boldness, with a blessing and with the granting of Hebron, the place where Abraham and several of the other patriarchs and matriarchs were buried, remember? Then in chapter 15, the apple does not fall far from the tree when Caleb's daughter, Aksa, 
acts with a boldness similar to her dad's, and she gets him to bless her and give her a valuable set of springs. In these narratives, Caleb is named as the son of a Kenizzite. The Kenizzites were descendants of Esau's and thus related, but still a foreign people to the tribes of Jacob. So notice that this bold faith is being shown by a father and daughter who were engrafted, somewhat like Rahab, into God's people and into God's people's inheritance. On top of that, Caleb's name means dog. So a foreign dog has the faith to inherit some of the very best portions of the promised land. There's a bit of an echo here to the story in the New Testament, specifically in Matthew 15, where the Canaanite woman asked Jesus to deliver her daughter from her illness and oppression. Jesus replies that he can't take the children's food and just give it to the dogs. Her powerful response of faith is, Yes, but even the dogs get to eat the scraps that fall off the table. Amazed by her faith and persistence, Jesus heals her daughter. She, like Caleb, the dog, understands God's grace so well that they can pursue God's future with incredible faith and perseverance. We too need the eyes to see the big picture that God wants to bring into existence but we also need the strategic ability to know where to begin to work toward that vision today. And we especially need the faith and persistence to keep moving forward despite the obstacles and challenges along the way. So do your best in these next few chapters. There's lots of names and places, but try to read them carefully looking for things you've never seen before. Journal your thoughts, your prayers, and your questions, and live with a big vision and the persistence to go after it. The text for tomorrow are Joshua chapter 16 through 18 and Psalm 29. I'll talk to you tomorrow.